Uh, I I don't know what Scott Dixon's Monday was like, but I'm I'm sure it involved a tall stack of pancakes. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. <laughs> Thanks, King. Great report. Hi, I'm RJ O'Connell. Ryan King is here. Cam Buckley is here. And welcome to episode 259 of Motorsport 101. Thank you for watching and for listening. Uh, This episode is going to be about IndyCar's Bomberito Automotive 500, um, as well as some other stories from around the sphere of motor racing. Our next episode will be about the F1 Belgian Grand Prix and the goings-on, or goings-on-it. Uh, King, mm-hmm. um, how are you doing this Wednesday? I, I, I'm i doing great. I'm just uh, somehow glad we worked out that this episode, episode 59, would be the one about Scott Dixon getting his 50th win. Yeah. 59 <laughs> episodes in and Scott Dixon's been with us through all of them and no, Lord only knows how many more of them he's going to be with through the duration of this podcast however long it may run isn't that right Cam? Yes, very right um, as a Simon Pagino fan I am suffering <laughs> Yeah, suffice to say the first race didn't go well if you're a fan of Simon Pagino Alexander Rossi, Marco Andretti or Alex Paylor or many others We'll talk about that and the spicy Indianapolis 500 rematch between Scott Ditson and Takuma Sato, where Scott Ditson joined Exalted Company uh, by very close margins, and Takuma Sato with a strong, strong pass of the year candidate. And we'll get to race two, where Joseph Newgarden denies Patricio Ward. We have another late caution and controversy and rambling and hubaloo about Late rakes cautions, whether or not we need a green-white checkered rule, we don't. Um, and also, Renus VK making moves and uh, making other youngins mad. We'll get into that, some other points from the IndyCar scene, uh, and if we have time, uh, some stuff from elsewhere around the world, Super Formula and NASCAR. But again, thank you very much if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on board. And if you're not already subscribed, why not go ahead Click the subscribe button and click that bell so you can be notified anytime a new video comes up on our channel. You'll be glad you did. We are Motorsport 101 at motorsport101.com, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Our Twitter is motorsport underscore 101. If you want to follow us personally or watching us on YouTube, our handles are right here on the screen, but if you're listening to us, on SoundCloud, Spotify, or any other platform where you may enjoy your podcast. We are at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. Dre will be with us to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix, for what it was. uh, God bless his soul. (laughs) It certainly was Belgian. It certainly was a pre. I don't know about Grand. And uh, thank you for all of your support to our patrons and to everybody who is just joining in. If you back us at the $5 level, you get early access to all of our shows and uh, $10 gets you into the supporters club of our discord, where you can listen to our shows live as they are being recorded. So thank you to everyone. Um, 
we're going to go ahead and talk about the IndyCar Bomberito Automotive 500s. Or rather, is it the Bomberitos Automotive 500 or the Bomberito Automotive 500s? So it is the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. Uh, I believe it is 500 miles once you take into account both Saturday and Sunday's races, but I have to go back and I fact check that. Fuck it. It's the Gatorade Twin 125. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so race one would give us the long-awaited rematch. It's been seven whole days since Takuma Sato defeated Scott Ditson in a one-on-one duel to win the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. But before we got to that, Will Power qualified on pole, and Patricio Ward started on second. And Cam, we were all ready to start off a wonderful race. The field comes around the final corner. Green flag, and the caution comes out, Cam. What just happened? Oh, why do I have to relive it? (laughs) Why are we here? Um... Yeah, the leaders didn't really go when the green flag was waved. They left it very, very late on the start. And one Alex Pelu decided, well, it's a yeet or be yeeted world. And I'm a yeet this start. Pulls out to the left, to the inside, realizes that nobody's going, checks up. Simon Pagino's right behind him. He checks up. Oliver Askew's right behind Pagino, and he didn't check up. Oh, man. And that ends up getting, uh, we have... We have about six different cars, seven different cars that got involved in this. Because Pelu and Andretti pulled out of line. Andretti gets con- gets contact with the worst involved of it. Alexander Rossi, Simon Pagino, Zach Veach, Ed Carpenter, Oliver Askew, and the aforementioned Oliver o- Mike Marco Andretti all suffered damage in this pileup. Yeah, and I'd have their- to watch the replay to see who actually caused it again. Because on the race broadcast, Michael Andretti blamed one of his own drivers for causing it. He blamed Zach Veach for not checking up and plowing into the field. Yeah, oh, Zach, it was pretty much everyone behind him. I think Pagino probably would have hit Pelu either way, but everyone behind him just didn't check up. Um, Askew, I believe, center-punched Pagino's gearbox, destroyed the gearbox sensor. Pagino was a later retirement. Most of the other right. cars got dragged away in a bag. Sorry, Marco. Yeah. It's not your year. Right. Yeah. Of those uh, of those drivers, uh, four of them had retired by the end of the third lap. Uh, Andretti Just... and Rossi didn't even get to start, really. Veach only made it two if laps. If you want to see a, a, a picture of, of Andretti Autosports 2020, it's three of their cars on wreckers all at the same time <laughs> from one crash. And out of that, um, Askew and Pelu have to restart at the back of the field when the race finally gets under green on lap 13. And Will Power looks like he has this race pretty much in command. Uh, but King, um, the race kind of turned a bit for, uh, for a couple reasons. We had another caution late in the race. Uh, this was just past the halfway point. This was for uh, weather in the air. Thankfully, we did not get a a terribly long rain delay out of this, though that did uh, kind of put Joseph Newgarden and anybody who had just pitted before that caution uh, right behind the eight ball. It completely snookered them. 
And uh, as for Will Power King, um, yeah, Puncture just completely ruined any chance he had of competing for victory. Yeah, the, the Puncture completely ruined his day. For the most part, the race was down between Scott Dixon and Pato Award, and it seemed like out on track, Pato was faster. That that this was finally going to be uh, Arrow McLaren SP's day. They're finally going to get their maiden victory. Though when it comes time for the final stops, both Dixon and Award come down pit lane at the same time. And uh, Ganassi get a better stop and uh, Dixon jumps Pato Award in pit lane. <laughs> yeah. And full credit to the, uh, to the Ganassi pit crew uh, for their work. Ditson actually came out second behind and then comes out ahead of Patricia Ward on track. Uh, so you're thinking, right, this is going to be uh, just a straight fight between Ditson and Award for the race win. And then Takuma Sato enters the picture. And Why do I hear with boss 20, With 21 <laughs> laps to go, Cam, describe what happens as Takuma Sato is bearing down on the gearbox a Patricio Award. Takuma Sato pulled his heart out of his chest. <laughs> he made one of the meanest passes I have ever seen in IndyCar. Round the outside, chopped his nose off, almost took them both out of the race. If Pato doesn't back out, that's that's a bad accident. Yep. Patricio Award displayed incredible car control just to even keep that thing out of the wall as Takuma Sato came around him. But we discussed yeah, last it year, at... Last year during Macau, one of the Porsches pulled off a pass on a BMW. I think it was on Augusto Farfus. Right. And Augusto, was, on Augusto Farfus. Yeah. And we remarked at the time that it 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 sent Farfus into shock because he was way <laughs> off the pace for the rest of the race. This did the same to Pato. Pato lost like half a second a lap. I think he got out of the car with a thousand yard stare. And of course, before this, um Sato was running an alternate strategy, running a little bit longer on his stints. Mm -hmm. And he could have been in position to come out ahead of everyone, but RLL fumbled his last pit stop. It was slow yeah, tired. If, if not for that, that probably would have been the difference because mm. Sato was incredibly fast on his last stint, setting the fastest lap of the race once he got past Patricia Award and then gradually taking tenths of a second out of Scott Ditson's lead. Here was the rematch because Ditson wanted that second Indy 500 win, just couldn't close in on Sato before the caution came out. Now it's Ditson and Sato again. And King, in the end, it's Scott Ditson's day. Yep, Scott Ditson takes the race win, his 50th career victory. Oh, Lord. He looked uh, up in his mirrors and was just like, not again. <laughs> not this not, time. Not today. Let's put this into perspective, of course. Scott Ditson is only the third living Herman who has ever lived to have 50 IndyCar race victories. And now he is only two behind Mario Andretti for second all time. And you think about the only two people ahead of Ditson, Mario Andretti and AJ Foyt. They did have 18 and 20 wins after the age of 40, which is where Scott Ditson sits now. It's not entirely inconceivable that Scott Ditson could end up with the all-time wins record by the time this is all said and done. Especially with the form he's showing. I mean, every week. He has been, this season, he's the only constant. 
Everyone else ebbs and flows. Everyone else is up and down the grid. Dixon is always, at minimum, top five. Yeah. This is going to jump ahead to uh, to the discussion of race two a bit, but did you know that Scott Ditson, uh, at the completion of this weekend, uh, has 173 top five finishes and 330 starts? Mr. Consistency. That means he has a 54% rate of finishing inside the top ten. To be the top five. Yeah. That's that means incredible you, in any series. Doesn't matter what series you, that is. That is a hugely impressive stat. If you flip a coin, you have a worse chance of it landing on heads or tails than Scott Dixon does of finishing inside the top five of any given IndyCar series race. Oh, wow. It's just greatness. It's unreal. And yeah, we're watching greatness unfold in real time. There's still many more of it left. Uh, please appreciate what Scott Dixon is doing now before it's much too late. So, King, uh, give us the results of, uh, give us the top ten of this race one. Okay, so obviously our winner, Ganassi's Scott Dixon, followed by uh, Takuma Sato of Ray Hall, Letterman Lanigan in second place, uh, Errol McLaren SP's Pato Award in third, Andretti Autosports Colton Herta in fourth, uh, You're only saving grace for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Ganassi's Marcus Erickson in fifth. Uh, Ed Carpenter Racing's Renus VK in sixth. Andretti Autosports' Ryan Hunter Ray in seventh. Ganassi's Felix Rosenquist in eighth. AJ Foyt Racing's uh, Tony Kanan in ninth. And uh, Carlin's Connor Daly in tenth. And that rounds out the top ten. Uh, Pretty pretty good race. Uh, decent race. Decent yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, decent race. I'd say I'd kick my I'd be kicking myself because I didn't catch as much of it as I wanted to. But it was it had some good action throughout. Um, Felix incredibly just uh, yeah he had a terrific save to keep himself uh, out of the wall and salvage a top eight finish. Oh my uh, god! Tony, yeah. To- Tony Kanan came from twenty first to ninth. Uh, to pick up a top 10 finish uh, this weekend. And Connor Daly with another top 10 for Carlin. Uh, that is all impressively solid. But and, King, uh, I got to ask. Go. We'll say, um, yeah, that, that Sato pass, we may have our Scotty. It's that only was. September, and we, and <laughs> we might have we our have Scotty. We have a bunch of nominees, but that pass was... No attack, no chance. That might have been the meanest. That might have been the... <laughs> embodiment of that mentality more than anything else he's ever done oh goodness you love to see it again we talked about it last week but takuma sato much like scott dixon endless fine wine fine wine magnifique unlike the start of race two and king um what the fuck was this parade what was this charade this shambolic (laughs) mess so, uh, obviously, we, we didn't get the chance to have a hectic start like race one, because race two, the Gateway decided to have uh, a pre-race parade for, I believe, just emergency services in general, and there was a parade of... I forgot about this! <laughs> a parade of uh, police cars and ambulances around the track, uh, but during said p- parade... Uh, one of the emergency service vehicles, uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway, claims that 
it was first off they led with it's not a police car and then later on uh expanded on that by saying it was an ambulance while a lot of media and IndyCar personnel said it was a police car. So we're getting two different versions of what happened here, but a vehicle leaked oil around the track. So the start of the race had to be delayed while they put up con- while they concrete dusted the track to, to try to absorb as much oil as possible. Oh my God. See? They were putting down, they were putting down oil dry, like a thing through a fucking connecting rod. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, this is the more boring version of that time that uh, GM's uh, executive took a C7 <laughs> Corvette and stuffed it in a concrete barrier. Oh, one of the safety cars also leaked. But uh, oh the, one of the things that was just like really disconcerting is this like, hey, we're within a 20 minute drive of Ferguson, Missouri, the, yep. uh, the epicenter of where... The Black Lives Movement Matter movement happened to begin with. Yeah, yeah. All I can say is that was a missed opportunity for everybody in the city of St. Louis and surrounding areas to do all of their crimes as quickly and as efficiently <laughs> as they possibly could. Quick ride the oil slick. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this one wasn't as eventful. Right up until final stages of the race. Um, because we have Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, and Patricio Ward, your main players for victory. Um, Power comes in, it's, I believe it's Newgarden and Award that come in first. Yeah. And Newgarden just gets ahead of Patricio Ward as they're coming out of pit lane. And then as Will Power is coming into pit lane behind them, he gets stuck behind Ed Carpenter's slow car, which costs him time coming out of the yeah. pits and leaves him languishing in third camp. This was a reoccurring theme with this race. There's dirty air, and then there's filthy air, and then there was race two at WWT Raceway. <laughs> oh my god. Sewage air. <laughs> sewage air. Current and, administration air. And like... like and the, the track being covered in concrete dust did not help anyone. No, no it no. just made a, a one-lane racetrack even more of a one-lane racetrack. And lap cars do not need to get out of the way in IndyCar. You're entitled they to don't. fight to stay on the lead lap. Yeah. And every time the leader would catch someone, they would get stuck behind them. Ed Carpenter was uh, king of the roadblocks. Space Cadet Ed. And um, it was actually faster, rather than the previous day where Sato worked a massive overcut to get into position to fight for the lead, Mm -hmm. the undercut was the play for race two. Right. So then that gives us Joseph Newgarden and Patricio Ward coming into the final laps. They're running tail to nose, gearbots to bumper. And then behind them in third, Will Power has Renus VK breathing down his neck for third place. And King, what's that old catchphrase we always say? Not now, Sato. Yeah, Takuma Sato finds the marbles, crashes with four laps to go. Um, it's it does it's. Yeah. People were wondering if maybe he. Um, I think it was daily who was running slow next to him 
down on the track. We don't have a camera angle on it, but some some thought that they might have made contact and might have pushed Sato up into the gray area. Yeah, like oh, yeah. C- uh, considering that like Sato had led a like a large first portion of the race early on. Like I think he led the first sixty laps. He, he had the, did lead. He had yeah, the, he led the first sixty laps. He led more laps than anybody in this race. Sixty sits in total. Ooh. Yeah, but he he had the problem of he tried to work the same strategies the previous day with the overcut and just got stuck behind lap traffic. It just wasn't worth the uh, it wasn't worth the time lost. Yeah. As a result, on this short oval, there wasn't going to be enough time to uh, to clear the track. So Joseph Newgarden ends up taking the win ahead of Patricio Ward. And just like we did after the Indianapolis 500, we have another round of people wringing their hands and complaining about races ending under yellow, to which I say, it's fine if a soccer match ends in a 2-2 draw. It's fine if you get a race that ends under yellow flag safety car conditions. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, because after the first green... The race went yellow all the way up until this incident. Yeah, it was otherwise a clean race. Yeah, it went green all the way until this incident. I was going to say, this this isn't one of your iRacing events, King. No, um, RJ, King, what's the name of this race? Uh, The Bomberito Automotive Group 500. 500. It doesn't say 502, does it? No, No. it doesn't. It doesn't say 505, does it? Sorry, is Jacques, Jacques Villeneuve. Yeah, I was about to say, is Jacques Villeneuve coming back from a two-lap penalty to win the 95 Indianapolis 500? No. Jacques Villeneuve might. Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, NASCAR, people, people need to remember, NASCAR is the outlier in extending races to make sure we have a right. green flag finish. That doesn't mean that IndyCar has to be an outlier, too. Right. Races so- end under safety car. It's nature imagine if they added 15 minutes to lamar if we got a yellow at the end of lamar now we're not doing this no we we don't we don't need it i understand it's an anticlimactic finish and i understand a lot of people really wanted to see what patricio war could do in those final four laps and i am very confident he's going to get his first win sooner rather than later oh yeah but pato's the real deal at, at the end of the day um, you know, I, I can't say I'm upset with the way that this race turned out. Well, and similarly to the fire to the Indy 500. Yeah. The dirty air was so powerful here. No matter how close Pato got, he couldn't get a run off the corner. Um, yeah. New Garden figured out a line where he could really square off the corner, get a good launch onto the straights and Pato couldn't really get close. I think it's yeah. more whining because Herder, we finished under yellow. Which, it's not inherently bad. I think back to when the NHL decided, we're going to eliminate ties, and in the regular season, we're going to have games decided under shootouts. Like, yeah, you right. get definitive results, but you're also boiling regular season games down to a skills competition? I don't want to talk about the NHL right now. <laughs> uh, buddy, me neither. So Joseph Newgarden takes career win number 16, and this is pretty elite company that he moves ahead of. He moves ahead of Tom Sneva. He moves ahead of Alex Zanardi, who we're always wishing our best well wishes to you, Alex. 
And he moves ahead of Juan Pablo Montoya and Simon Pagenaud, and he's now tied with Dan Weldon for career victories. And Joseph Newgarden is still only 29 years old and doesn't turn 30 until this December. <laughs> he's a baby. Yep. I mean, look at the look at the two drivers who finished first in race one. He could be doing this for another 15 years if he wants. Absolutely. Especially if he keeps this form up with Penske. It's not out of the realm of question. And they need to stop putting the one on his cars. When they put the one on his cars, he can't defend the title. No, no, <laughs> Just no, leave, no. The t- Some- leave the two on it. Somebody, somebody's got to rep. Somebody's got to rep the number one because Scott Dixon doesn't do it. Scott look, Dixon doesn't. Look at do and look at how Scott Dixon's season is going. <laughs> Things are going great. I was about to say, we don't even get an F1 now because the only person who wanted to run the number one decided, I'm going to go home and be a family man after this. Bye! Yeah. You mean, uh, you mean clickbait YouTuber? <laughs> clickbait! Uh, it's a new reality television show, but we don't have see, time see, to... over here, if you're watching on YouTube, I actually have the sun in my room. <laughs> that can be the Rossberg explosion. Oh, <laughs> Is Welcome this back Tangent's on... Career? Yeah, welcome back to tonight's episode of Lion's Lair. <laughs> that just sounds like a bad Dragon's Den ripoff, which is in itself a bad ripoff of Shark Tank. No, RJ, legit, the show he saw is called Lion's Lair. Oh. <laughs> I thought I thought he was just out here I thought he was just out here crowdsourcing ideas for his new persona, but that's just me. <laughs> Let's talk about Patricio Ward for a second. Again, third in race one, second in race two. Um Robert Wickens, um, who we all miss in a car, of course. Um Robert Wickens' work in mentoring Patricio Ward and Oliver Askew has been instrumental to their successes and their and uh indycar.com is a really good article on how uh wickens and award in particular are really getting on this year mm. um we'll get to it as when we review the championship standings but yeah uh suffice to say patricia award is the real neil the yeah. neil is real with this kid <laughs> yeah kid is excellent he's he's got a good head on his shoulders he's very fast um He's going to get that first win. It's only a matter of time. You want to talk about some fast kids. Renus VK started in 18th and finished in 4th and was breathing down Will Power's neck for that final podium place. He didn't make many friends along the way. No, he did not because with 40 laps to go in race 2, he surges around the outside of Colton Herta. Passes him around the outside of turn three in an almost carbon copy of the Sato Pass and award from race one, except the two of them do make contact, and Colton Herta has to fight it to keep the car well, was, out uh, of the wall. It was yeah. later on in the corner, so Herta was more front limited, and when they made the, I think, the slightest of contacts, Herta had to have all the oppo to try yeah. and catch that car. We thought he yeah. had a problem, but he just lost that much momentum getting up in the gray. And then, uh, obviously, on all of the uh, emergency, emergency service dust. <laughs> so, the end result was that VK finished fourth, Herta finished sixth behind Scott Dixon in fifth, and uh, King, after the race, there was a, there was a bit of a commotion. There was a bit, a bit of a hooting and hollering down in pit lane. 
Yep, Herta was not happy. He was pretty much, uh, he he outright said that he he wanted to see Renus VK penalized. And uh, for those who were watching the race on our Discord server, uh, heard me my, my guttural reaction to Colton Herta saying that was, "What is he saying? Does he think this is Europe?" <laughs> Uh, we, this man. is not the first time we've had, uh, say, controversy between two drivers at this track. Yeah. Of course, uh-huh. I mean, this was the site of the contact between Pagano and Newgarden when those two were fighting for the title. Yeah. And then the site of Santino and Newgarden's beef, was it last year? Which, by the way, if you're a Santino Ferrucci detractor, you've got to give props to his pit crew because they completely <laughs> dropped they the are... ball in race one and race two. Doing it for Formula Two. <laughs> I yes. suppose. Yeah. Um, Marshall Pruitt at Racer uh, drew comparisons to when uh, Sage Karam uh, got under Ed Carpenter's skin for uh, for driving aggressively in this moment. Yeah, yeah I mean, he said, Colton kind of put it as there's stuff you don't do and there's kind of a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. Eh, he kind of has a point, but at the same time, you're racing for position. Yeah, I will say VK could have, he could have executed that pass a l- with a little, he had room to not do what he did. Yeah, yeah he, Renus he, after the race said, he, he says he think he left him just enough room. Uh, it's dangerous to make a move. I try to stay out of them and, of course, try to stay out of the marbles. And, of course, you're fighting for positions, so you're not getting a lot of room. And he says, yeah, you've left him just enough. Whether or not he actually did, your mileage I, may vary. I think he's a couple inches on the wrong side of that knife. Yeah, but I, I would say he's he's not far enough along on the wrong side where he deserved a penalty. No. No, I don't think it deserved a penalty, but a uh, a stern talking to probably would have been enough. Yeah. Although I do think we got it. Uh, I do think we got it right after the race as they were hmm. about to fight on pit lane. <laughs> Thankfully, no hands were thrown. Uh, King, uh, give us the rest of that top ten. Okay, so our race winner for race two, Penske's Joseph Newgarden. Second place, the aforementioned McLaren's Pato Award. Third. Penske's Will Power, fourth, Ed Carpenter Racing's Renus VK, fifth, Ganassi's Scott Dixon, sixth, Andretti Autosports Colton Herta, seventh, Ganassi's Felix Rosenquist, eighth, Carlin's Connor Daly, ninth, uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan's Takuma Sato, and tenth, uh, Dale Coyne Racing's, car. yeah, with a broken co- car, Dale Coyne Racing's uh, Santino Ferrucci. Yeah. Some other observations from the weekend. Uh, Connor Daly's last start for Carlin, and he has four top ten finishes and five starts. Uh, I I think they're very glad to have him on board for those oval appearances, don't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Daly is putting himself right back in the picture for a full-time ride at some team. And yes, this is also Tony Kanaan's last start of his TK's Last Lap Tour. He was only running a part-time schedule. Uh, He said this was going to be his last full season, which became a part-time season. Um, 
Tony Kanaan has been running, ran over 300 races over a career that spanned 23 seasons. And I don't think he's done just yet, King. No, and even he said he didn't want it to end this way. When you think of a farewell, well, part-time season, you you don't think about it being during a global pandemic where there's either no or severely limited number of fans. That's right. That's why Valentino Rossi, it wouldn't, if, if he has his way, he's not going to call it a career this year. In fact, he's already putting in plans to keep racing with a satellite Yamaha team. And I think Tony Kanaan's going to do the same. At the very least, I feel confident, good health willing, he's going to be at next year's Indy 500. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're if you're one of the uh, if you're a team like like DRR, if you're a team like if you're any team who's doing the 500 as a one off, you're kicking down Kanan's door to try and get him in your car. Yeah. And hell, he'll bring sponsors. He'll bring he'll sponsors. bring sponsors. He's a fan favorite. Pr- provided we have fans next year, yeah. and he kind of did win this race <laughs> a oh, few yeah. years ago. That's that's all very true. Um, yeah, Kanan, I think, I feel confident he'll be back. Um, I do, we mentioned Santucci's pit crew, uh, just not having a good day. Uh, they have had a lot of not-so-good days this year. Every race, it seems like he has finger trouble in his pit stop. Mm. I don't like to see that. Mm. So, we have... Five races left, three of which are scheduled as of this point, because we don't know where we're going to cram mid-Ohio. So, but it's it's been all but confirmed that mid-Ohio will be on the schedule. Uh, let me pull up the exact weekend, because uh, I don't know if, if James Hinchcliffe was supposed to say it on the broadcast, but he said <laughs> that there were seven races left going into this pr- past weekend. The and... city official leaked confidential information. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been put on and then taken off the Wikipedia page for, for the IndyCar series. Yeah. Uh... Though, right now, the penciled-in weekend, because it's on NBC's TV schedule as happening, uh, in two weeks' time, the weekend of uh, September 11th through September 13th, NBC has them slating is racing at Mid-Ohio, but IndyCar isn't saying anything. So, we're going to get this next week, is what we're saying. Yes. Officially, unofficially, officially confirmed. Right. And uh, as we go into the driver standings, Scott Dixon leads by a mile and a stretch. He has 416 points and has only one finish outside of the top five all season. And Mid-Ohio is one of his banker rounds. And Engrave it. We're done here. We're done. Engrave the Astor Cup. Joseph Newgarden sits second on 320 points. Patricio Ward is third on 297 points. He sits ahead of Takuma Sato, who despite missing one race, is fourth in the standings on 274 points. There's that 8,500 bonus. Double points do a wonder. 
Colton Herta is fifth on 250 points. Simon Pagino sits on 237. One point ahead of Graham Rahal in seventh. Will Powers eighth on 226 points. Santino Ferrucci ninth on 216. And Felix Rosenquist in tenth on 208 points. In the Rookie of the Year battle, Renus VK leads 181 points to 160 over Alex Palu. And Oliver Askew is third on 155 points. Yeah, I know you mentioned and... Graham Rahal. Uh... We didn't even talk about his weekend. His weekend was derailed by a napkin. Yes. Got stuck in the cooling duct and cooked all of his electronics. Mm. Two gearbox control units and an ECU. Yep. And uh, uh, assuming the worst, that Mid-Ohio doesn't happen and we only have three races left. With three races left, only three other drivers besides Scott Dixon are in mathematical contention to win the championship. And that is mm. the the other top four, Newgarden, O'Ward, and Sato. Those are the only people who can mathematically win the championship with three races left. Look, oh, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I, I feel confident that Scott Dixon can close the deal and win his sixth title. If you're a fan of anybody but Scott Dixon, though... Good news, he's never been able to successfully defend a title, so there's hope for 2021. <laughs> yeah. That is a weird stat. <laughs> it that, is weird. He that, has mad championships, but has never defended one. It's it's strange, because I thought the last time he won a title, I thought, yeah, this is it. This is the year he finally defends it, and no, it just doesn't happen. Nope. Was it, um, wasn't he derailed by fireworks at this very track? Oh, shit, you're right. Damn. Damn Fun stuff always happens at Gateway. I mean, we got on-track action, off-track action. We had a Pre-race lap action. sponsored by us. <laughs> we did have a lot. We need to do that when, when you know, Rona permits again. I'm just looking down at Alexander Rossi in 18th points, and ooh, buddy, that is sad. Um, as we get into the rest of the stuff, uh, just a brief bit of silly season news. Uh, it's looking like James Hinchcliffe may be back in the full-time picture with Andretti Autosport, replacing Zach Veach in what is now the number 26 car, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. because Zach Veach is at the end of his initial uh, long-term three-year contract, and it doesn't seem like Michael Andretti will be renewing Zach Veach's contract. Uh, when he got that fourth place finish to start the season, I was just hopeful he's got to string this together, and it just hasn't happened because that's his well, only top ten finish of the year. Um, Michael Andretti was quite... He did kind of throw him under the yeah. bus after race one, didn't he? He was incensed after the race one lap one crash. Ah, uh, jeez, I don't feel more or less. Uh, more or less gave him the. Well, you're, you know, you're not coming back. I feel for him, man. Um, mm. other stuff happened this past week. Cam, we had a Super Formula race. We went it's to a Super back. Formula race. It's fucking back. After <laughs> ten oh. months, and and the curious thing happened, Cam. We went to a Super Formula race and a really boring Formula 2 sprint race broke out. For those of you who don't know... This was not good. They have shortened the race distances due to Corona. They have also done away with the two tire compounds from last year, which, of course, had a performance to endurance delta that made no fucking sense. Yeah. So they just decided... Let me paint this picture. Let me me paint the picture for the audience. 
the soft tires, we get it with two com- compounds, soft and medium. Last. The soft, the soft compound had mad grip, but could last, and could last all race. The mediums were made of iron and were so slow and slid around so much they would actually wear more than the soft tires and were so slow that at one race, Kamui Kobayashi's pit crew decided, I wonder if it would be faster if we ran one lap on wet tires on a dry track (laughs) and then switched to softs for the rest of the race. And actually the strategy worked out okay. It worked out Yokohama, fine. Yokohama really needs to figure this out. Because I don't when the, think... <laughs> when your harder compound is so bad that the teams are like, hey, maybe it would be better if we just run the wet tire in dry conditions. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. So that yeah, rule no, like, is now gone because Yokohama couldn't figure this shit out. They actually did have like a soft and a super soft top pound prepared, but... One of the things they scrapped was have they decided let's just bring one compound of tire because that's all we can really manage to make under these uncertain times registered mm-hmm. trademark and the end result was we got a race where basically where you qualified is pretty much where you started. Rio Hirakawa took a new track record, put it on pole, led pretty much the entire race from lights to flag, and took his second career victory. This was not a very thrilling race, and I feel for everybody who is, you know, because we mentioned you should all watch Super Formula, and if this was your first time watching, I apologize. I promise it's not this boring all the time. No, I mean, last year we got banger after banger, sometimes from pit strategy, sometimes from, you know, usually these cars produce a pretty decent show, Mm -hmm. but... Whether it was weather conditions or something with the tires, but just the dirty air was ferocious with these cars. And Motegi's not an e- inherently yeah. easy place to pass for high downforce cars to begin with, so they also Motegi's a good bike track. It's not a particularly good car track. Nothing against Hirakawa, though. Perfect race. No, Kenta Yamashita finished second. Uh, Sasha Fenestras finished third, which makes him the first rookie to score a podium on his debut since Stoffel Van Dorn. And that's Stoff. also a league company. And that's also a league company that includes guys like the Schumacher brothers, Andre Lauder. Slash Fenstras is pretty good. Um, yeah, that's I, pretty. I that's fucking elite company to be in. Oh my god! But King, that wasn't the most important thing that happened this week in Super Formula. Wait, what? What else happened? We had a magnitude three earthquake hit oh, during yeah. the race. I had, I had to be sure about that because I saw it on Twitter. I, I see it in the set list. I'm like, this has to be a joke, right? No, to be a joke. no, this is uh, this is Japan, and if you if you've been in Japan, if you live there, you know that sometimes there's earthquakes, and yeah. Mild earthquake during the race. Enough to feel the earthquake, not enough to do any actual damage. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, Jamie Klein of uh, Motorsport.com was actually the first person to report it. It's just like, oh, we just felt an earthquake up here in the media center. We don't need the... Mo- you know, every time we go to Motegi, it hurts more because they use the oval as a parking lot now because the oval is basically damaged beyond repair. 
please stop hurting the oval earth. <sighs> Didn't God. deserve this. I know, man. That just sucks. Is this an unintentional segue to talk about the Liberty University car? (laughs) (laughs) So just a brief uh, update on NASCAR. William Byron won the Firecracker 400, the Coke Zero 400 for sponsorship reasons. His first Cup Series victory. Jimmy Johnson got taken out of a wreck, so his final chance to win his eighth title is uh, done and dusted. And, of course, we all get to make jokes about the Liberty University car finishing first in the wake of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s set scandal. You know, they told me that video games will get me nowhere in life, yet look at William Byron. (laughs) And, like, I mean, Byron got a race win precisely when he needed him most. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I um, I love how Jimmy Johnson put it on uh, Instagram. Seven it is. I'm down I'm damn proud of that in case you were wondering. And yes. you should be. Yeah. Look, uh unfortunately Johnson's late career I think will taint how some people view just how ridiculous the man was for ten years yeah. in a row. If there will always be that placebo effect of what that twenty seventeen Pocono wreck did to him. Because that's the great placebo. After that wreck, he was never the same. I will say, though, in 2017, mid-2017 is where Hendrick fell off the wagon. And even now, they're still they're still working at getting back on that. I mean, obviously, Byron won, Chase second. Uh, good day for Hendrick if you weren't. Yeah. The 88 and the 88. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Hendrick is at least good at one thing, is they have a good super speedway program. Yeah. And, um... Chase has been excellent this year because, of course, this was the last regular season race. Now we're in the hashtag playoffs. Yes, so here is the playoff field. Kevin Harvick starts as the number one seed. Danny Hamlin, the two seed. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, the Bush brothers Kyle and Kurt, and with the 16th spot, Matt DiBenedetto is the last qualifier. I, just want, um, to, I want to put this out there. It's really weird that Kyle Busch went winless in the regular season. Jeez, I know. Hasn't he won a race every season every year. since 2005? Yeah, He's won a race every year. Yeah, every year since 05. It is, And he was in position until a uh, one Tyler Reddick threw... One of those eye-racing low-split blocks and just wipes the fucking field out. I don't think anybody's beaten Ricky Rudd's record of 16 straight winning seasons. If Kyle Busch can't do it, I can't see anybody else doing it. Kane, you got any picks for this postseason? Oh, man. It's hard to not pick Kevin Harvick at this point, not gonna lie. Nah. (sighs) I, uh... Just for the fucking memes. Because the last time we had a big three and it involved Kevin Harvick and Gibbs cars. Well, Joey Logano came away with the title. Because it's the NASCAR playoffs. And in the final race, how you were over the season doesn't mean jack shit. It's like whose line? Everything is made up and the points don't matter. Though I will say, if Danny Hamlin doesn't win it this year, 
He's never I don't know him. how many more chances he's going to get to win one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Roger Penske, time. don't care about your tears, only trophies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know because you know what? Harvick could win every race from here on out, finish second in the last race, and lose the title because playoffs. <laughs> yeah, there is there is that too, I suppose. Um, and fuck it, Alex Bowman. We have to talk about <laughs> Alex Bowman. Look at Alex Bowman. <laughs> oh, man, how many how many Liberty University sets, Joe? Do you think we can cram in, in these net sixty seconds? Well, you uh, just made one there with cramming. Oh yes, yes, you're right. I suppose it's, it'll be a t- it'll be a stretch, but I assume we can fit this in. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Alex. I wonder if William Byron got to go to office hours at, at, <laughs> at Jerry's mm. house. <laughs> mm. <sighs> I, I would decline that invitation. I also wouldn't want to hang. I out would like to announce my school. resignation from the Motorsport One Hundred and One Network. <laughs> really, this is why you leave. <laughs> I'll take can, my uh, I, I will take my coupon for a McChicken in the mail, please. But Cam, you gotta be with us next episode when we talk about the Belgian Grand Prix. <laughs> I'm so sick of these people. <laughs> you know. Ooh. That'll do it for this episode of Motorsport 101. Uh, If you're watching us now, please be sure to subscribe and hit the bell for notifications when new videos come up in this channel. Be sure to check out motorsport101.com for videos, podcasts, and written material from us. Uh, Our Twitter handles are at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917, at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Your pledges help this show go a long way. So we thank you very much for all of your patronage and support. Uh, Dre will be back with us next episode. But for him, for Cam Buckley, for Ryan Eric King, I'm RJ O'Connell. And thank you very much for watching and listening to this episode. Later, y'all! Bye! Give Super Formula another chance. Please give it another chance. Also, I want to know... In the Dixon household, is it is it is butter on pancakes or not? That's that's all I want to know. There, this is no, a what, lot of syrup. No, what I want to know is if they are in the ascended class that puts blueberry jam in their pancakes because that shit's delicious. <laughs> it seems like something they would try. Not a blueberry guy, I have to say. You can go with strawberry, raspberry, apricot. <laughs> Any kind of jelly will do. Just just use the jelly instead of the syrup. Why not both? Both is good. <laughs>